From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. How can a patient determine whether a particular medical test or treatment or procedure is really necessary? I have a guest in the HealthLink on Air studio who is going to tell us. She is Dr. Wendy Levinson, a physician and professor of medicine at the University of Toronto, and she's in Syracuse to give a lecture at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Levinson, and thank you for taking time. Thank you for having me. So tell me about the Choosing Wisely initiative you're involved in. So Choosing Wisely is a campaign designed to engage physicians and other clinicians and patients in conversations about whether tests, treatments, and procedures are really necessary. It's really a campaign that started with physicians starting to say, what could they do about the problem of tests and treatments that are not adding value to patients or some tests can even be harmful to patients. So it started with doctors taking a lead. And it sounds like a, a, a common sense sort of thing. We, who would want to have unnecessary treatment or care? Um, but what, what is driving this? Like what, what made it begin? So, you know, it, it is um, kind of surprising that a lot of research shows that up to 30% of all the tests and treatments that we receive as patients do not help us or might even be harmful. And it's not one reason for that. There are many reasons. Sometimes patients come in and ask for a particular treatment. For example, some of you may have gone to the doctor and asked for antibiotics when really it's a viral infection and antibiotics don't help. Or patients might ask for an x-ray of their back because they're having back pain and that x-ray might not be useful. Sometimes it's that it takes longer to tell the patient and discuss why it's not needed and so a physician might just order it even though in their heart they know that it's not adding that much. Sometimes it's concerned about being sued so we might over order tests as physicians to leave no stone unturned. Um, and But there are uh, very compelling reasons that we teach medical students and young physicians to practice a certain way and once those practice patterns are set doctors kind of tend to follow them without changing them easily. And that might be a very key component of why we have some of the overuse of things that don't add value. Well, and if you're a physician or clinician, you may be just in, inclined to want to get as many answers as you can. And there's an unlimited number of tests out there that you could order, but you're making people question really the value of each of those tests. Really. Right. And it's quite important for the patients to know that certain things aren't just benign. So um, if you have drugs that you don't need, it can lead to an adverse drug reaction and a rash or something more serious. X-rays have radiation. Um, in fact, another thing that can happen that we worry about in medicine is something we call a false positive. That if you have a test you don't need and it finds something, then it leads to other tests. So for example, say you um, have an x-ray, chest x-ray you don't need, and there's a little something that doesn't look right. So the radiologist says, well, we'll get a CAT scan. And then it's still there. They say, well, we'll repeat it in three months. So you worry for three months and it's still there. And then they do a biopsy and then you could, that's invasive and you could even have a complication from that. And in the end, it's really something you didn't need. So there's a whole lot of what we would call a cascade of other tests and treatments that come from a false positive. Not to mention the cost of all that. Not to mention the cost, which uh, all Americans know is a big problem in healthcare these days. 
Well, in America, periodically there are the debates about, um, for instance, how early to begin mammograms um, or other screening things. So who's to say whether those are necessary to be done early or later? I mean, who gets to be the decider right. in this? Well, um, we always believe that these are conversations between physicians and patients so that instead of just ordering the test, I think a physician should talk to a woman about a mammogram and say, here are the potential benefits, here are the potential risks. And in fact, there are very good tools that physicians can use to show women because it's hard to understand numbers and probabilities. So there's some diagrams that help people understand. And then it's part of a conversation and a particular woman may say, well, I want it, even though I know these things. Or another woman might say, oh, now that I know that, I would prefer not to have the mammogram. So it's based on conversations. But to just drop back for a moment, the approach that Choosing Wisely has used is it asked the national medical associations of physicians, different groups, cardiology, radiology, family medicine, to each make a list of five tests, treatments, or procedures in their discipline for which there's excellent scientific evidence of overuse or even harm to patients. So they would come out with statements like, don't order an antibiotic for upper respiratory tract infection, a cold, when it's a viral in origin, or don't order imaging for low back pain unless, quote, red flags are present. And these were each based on highly scientific evidence. So what's happened is in the United States, there are about 80 or more societies that have come out with their lists. There are over 550 recommendations. And the societies who do have the voice, speak to doctors, um, distribute these and bring them up at their meetings or in their publications. And so physicians have been given guidance from their peers about which tests or treatment might be being overused. And it's scientific. It's, it's based on what they've seen over the course of time. It's absolutely based on scientific research. And each one of these is based on research in the field. So family doctors create a list for family doctors and cardiologists for cardiologists. And then they're really meant to spur these conversations. And further, what's been quite helpful is that Consumer Report worked with the group that started this, which is the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation, and they created materials for patients. So your patients, the public that are listening, you could go online, look at Choosing Wisely, and there are patient pamphlets and educational materials. I think the key message for patients is that in healthcare, more is not always better. You want the test or treatment when you need it, but you don't want it when you don't because it might cause harm. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Wendy Levinson about the initiative um, called Choosing Wisely. Now, you've got experience um, in Canada and the United States, and I wanted to ask, how much does the system of healthcare in each of those countries contribute to unnecessary care? So it's a very interesting thing to see what's happened. Um, Choosing Wisely started in the United States in 2012, um, I led the initiative in Canada, although I'm a dual citizen, so I work in both places. And uh, it started in Canada in 2014. But what's very interesting is that Choosing Wisely is now in about 25 countries in the world. 
And these are countries that range in or are very different in their healthcare system, range from Japan and South Korea, Brazil and Colombia, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and most of the European countries, in addition to Canada and the US. And you would say a priori or before, hey, well, these are very different healthcare systems. How could something like this work in different countries? But the answer, I think, is that the act of being a patient and a doctor and working together to make decisions, that's really the same in all of our countries. Despite how the reimbursement system is, despite how we're organized, in the end, doctors and patients sit down together and say, you know, here's the problem, which tests should we do? Here are the treatment options. And that is really universal. So the threat of unnecessary care is universal. That could happen in any system. Absolutely. This number that I mentioned at the beginning, that 30% of tests and treatments are potentially unnecessary, came in the United States from something called the Institute of Medicine, which publishes reports. In Canada, we have a Canadian health information system. We found the same, 30%. So this number seems to appear in many different healthcare systems. Is it the threat of lawsuits that drives unnecessary care, or what, what causes it? Well, it really is, like I've said, multifactorial. Yes, lawsuits, but um, there are so many factors that go into it, and I think the most important is um, it is really the way we learn to practice and certain things we do routinely, and also certain things are sort of baked into the system. Let me give you an example. Often someone will come into the hospital and they're going to have a a surgical procedure. Well, sometimes a surgical procedure is a big one. Other times it's like a minor hernia repair. But frequently, no matter what they come in for, people will get a lot of tests, like an EKG, chest x-ray, and some lab work. Well, those are probably needed in the big surgeries, but they're often unnecessary in the minor surgeries. But why does it happen? Well, there's just a box and it says this patient is a pre-operative, they're gonna have surgery, and it gets ticked off and these things get done. So we try to kind of question some of those routines, those things that have become the norms, and say, oh, is this old? Is this out of date? Is it still needed? And that helps us improve the system so we're not doing tests that aren't needed. How would a patient know if he or she is being recommended for care that's unnecessary? I mean, they come to a physician, they don't know what's wrong, they want to put all of their trust into this physician. So how do they, would it even occur to them to wonder whether this is unnecessary? Well, I think it's important for patients to, in general, know that they have a voice, that decisions with a physician are shared decisions. Because no two patients are the same. They have different values, different priorities. And so overall, we encourage patients to ask questions. And we encourage patients to ask five particular questions. Do I really need this test and treatment? What are the downsides? Are there simpler, safer options? What if I do nothing or wait and watch? And how much will it cost? So those are very simple questions. And I think if people got comfortable asking these questions, it helps them engage in a conversation about what the choices are. And an individual patient with their physician can make choices that are right for them. And and I think that that's just a healthy way to be a patient and work with clinicians. And trust, of course, the physician. 
but it is a shared process. And it seems like though all of those questions are not really yes or no answers. It seems like each one would spur a conversation. Um, you know, do I really need this? I mean, maybe the doctor hasn't thought about that or questioned that. Absolutely. I think these are healthy conversations. So let me give you another example. I mean, someone might come in with back pain. And, you know, I think it's very common for people to think, I have back pain, I need an x-ray or a CT or an MRI. Um, you know, the, the physician might say, well, what are you hoping the MRI would achieve? And the patient can then say, well, I'm eager to get back to work, and I think if I have this x-ray, it will help me get back to work more quickly. And then a physician can explain that really these x-rays don't help you get better faster, and that they can pose some risks and that there are some simpler, safer ways that you can manage back pain. And that can be a conversation where the patient then says, oh, well, now that I know that, I don't really need the x-ray. And then the doctor also then understands sort of the goal of the patient, which may be different. Even if different patients have the same malady, they may have different goals. Absolutely. That's why it's so important for people to talk to physicians about these choices, because many things have multiple options. And what's right for you might not be the same thing as what's right for me. So the Choosing Wisely initiative, does it, does it take away from a doctor's autonomy to recommend what they think is best? No. I mean, we are, in the Choosing Wisely recommendations, like don't order imaging for low back pain, we're not saying don't, don't ever order it. Uh, it's, it's to stop and pause and think not to order these things routinely on every patient that comes in, you know, to hand out antibiotics when they're not needed. It really is to uh, help physicians pause and think. And we try to provide tools for physicians too, because using the example of the antibiotics for a cold, we know that many patients think that that will help them get better more quickly, that physicians like to please patients, and that may be another reason to overorder unnecessary things. And so, we try to give tools like what's called a delayed prescription, which says, you know, do these things for two or three days with, you know, uh, and, you know, anti like and Tylenol and fluids and rest, and then only fill the prescription three days later if you're not better. And that's helpful because patients go home with the prescription, but also with instructions that they don't necessarily need to fill it. And in fact, frequently then patients don't fill those prescriptions but they feel reassured that they have them if they need them. Well, it sounds like, too, they've been educated. They haven't just been dictated to. They've been instructed in, you know, how their body's working and how it should work and how it might heal and, and that sort of thing. That's correct. I mean, ultimately, you know, we think that a model where patients and doctors share these decisions, patients are edu educated and make choices, is the best for patients. And so we're trying to curb a big problem of overuse, up to 30%, by both physician awareness and, uh, and patient awareness. And what's, in, what's encouraging is that now that the campaign has been in place for quite a while, we're seeing many episode, uh, incidents in hospitals and family practice clinics where the, there are significant reductions that can be measured in some of these unnecessary tests and treatments. So it is encouraging, it's early days, but there's, and there's a lot more to do, but I do think we're making progress on curbing a very important problem. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to tell us about this. My pleasure. My thanks to Dr. Wendy Levinson from the University of Toronto. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.